Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Chris Marwitz, and welcome to a new week. Uh, Things are going to be good. Uh, We have a lot to talk about today. But, uh, James, I wanted to find out from you, uh, everything's good this week? Yeah, everything's good. No problem. Another week, another day. All right, all right. You're feeling fine? Now, last week, I think you were trying to come down with a cold, but I talked to you earlier in the week. It sounds like uh, you fought it off really well, and you won. Yeah, sneezing and nose running, and but, you know, got over it. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's that time, that time of the year, but you, you got to fight the good fight, and... You know, try to keep the germs at bay if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I'm glad glad you're feeling good. Uh, so let's start off. I, I know you said to me, let's not talk about the NFL, but there's just a couple things I want to talk about the NFL, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, some other other uh, sports news. So um, first thing is uh, we know the NFL Combine. It's coming up in Indianapolis on February 26th. Uh, there's a defensive end named Jalen Ferguson. He's from Louisiana State. Um, He also is the NCAA's all-time sack leader. So recently they uninvited him from the NFL scouting combine after they learned that Ferguson was convicted of battery during his freshman year. Apparently he got into a scuffle and was charged with one count of misdemeanor simple battery and fined $189. His agent issued a response, you know, from the combines uninviting him. Um, he he issued a response that said Ferguson is a great guy who made a mistake four years ago and deserved a chance to compete at the combine. Ferguson is rated as a potential first round or second round draft pick. The league has informed teams that any prospect who is found to have a conviction of a felony or a misdemeanor involving violence would not be invited. Um, let's, 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 let's talk about this. You know, this, this kid's going to be a potential, you know, first around, first or second round pick. Uh, I mean, and, and knowing that this happened a while back, you know, do you think that, that the NFL is right in not bringing him to the combine? I've never heard of that. I mean, it's crazy because, uh, from what I heard, I don't know. You have to do your homework on this maybe talk about it next time, but there's a kid from Wyoming that's up for sexual assault, and he's going to the right. combine. So how you have a kid that did some four years ago uh, was so fighting, and you have somebody that assaulted two women, I think it was, and up for sexual assault, and he's going to the combine. So that's a double standard, you know. Um, so I don't know. You have to do your homework on that and find out, but that's what I heard. So how's this kid getting punished? And another kid, hey, if you're going to have that, then punish all of them to have all these, you know, um, charges on them from, you know, if it's from freshmen or whenever, if there's a charge, you don't get to go, plain and simple. That's somebody well, but it has, it has to do, the, but, but the NFL says that it's a conviction. So the kid from Wyoming has just been, con, you know, he's, he, he has charges against him. They haven't convicted him. They haven't found guilty at this point. So, um that, 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 I, I think if, I think I think in the letter letter of of how they're stating it, that's that's how it comes down to. I understand that, but if you're saying 
that, you know, he's got these charges on him. That looks bad anyway, too. So it's almost like, you know, you let them charges, you know, uh, you, you know, you don't bring them those charges. You know, they say you're innocent until guilty, but, I mean, come on now. If somebody go there and, you know, they murder somebody, like, well, they just said it. And then when they get in the league, oh, he committed a murder, you know, went through. You could put off a trial for years. You know, you got a speedy trial, by wrong or right? That's, that's right. law and order. So if he wanted but, that but to get speedy trial to be over, <laughs> if he feels he's not guilty, do a speedy trial, get that over with. But no. I'll well, but you, if you recall, Ezekiel Elliott, he had some issues back, you know, his senior year, you know, in a bar fight. And he put that off for a, for a long time. Yeah. And and then right, I, I think he also had, had had beat up a woman, and 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 yeah. he was still invited to the combine because there was no conviction or anything. Right. That's what they do. They put it off to get past that, you know. But then it comes up and bite him in the butt later on, and come out like, well, he does some again. I mean, like the one running back, Kareem Hunt. Then you say that um, he had done something before, and it came out, you know. There was three, three, three things that he he right. did this last year. Yeah, think about that. You know, they put it all, and then you know it comes back. And everybody like, why that's three years later, four. You know, well, hell, they put it all. So I think if they well, have part anything, of, part pending, of it falls on the team that drafts them. Oh well, yeah, I mean they want that player, but if we end up going to have these players repeating that offending, then say, well. You look back at his record and say, hey, he done this three times three years ago. Nobody knew about it. So, I mean, that's on the team, and, you know, um, I think they're starting to do a little bit more background on these guy, kids. So, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is, you know. I mean, the kid did something wrong, he got to pay for it, granted. You know, so um, if that's the rule to do that, then he got to live with that, you know. Made a mistake and move on. He'll still get an NFL, but, you know, might not be a first-rounder. So you live and yeah. you learn. Yeah, I, 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 I'd read that. And then I know last week we had talked about, you know, Kareem Hunt and so forth and, you know, how the NFL, I mean, they're, they're trying to get rid of this tarnish that they have on them from all these, these players that are in the league that have had issues. And, and you know, they, and it's still going to keep happening. You know, they're, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to have a, a clean image with everything. So... Because a lot of these kids, you know, yeah, they may may have made a mistake a long time ago, but is is it a pattern? Is there a pattern somewhere? You know, can it be corrected? So, I guess we'll see. I thought that was interesting that they that they uninvited somebody because of that. So, and I think there's somebody at CSU who who had a conviction as well, um, who also got un- there's there three players that got uninvited, um, but this one's a big one because he's the sack leader of the NCAA. So. Anyway, um, so I know you're tired of talking about him, but Antonio Brown, he met with the Pittsburgh Steelers president, Art Rooney II, and they agreed that it's time to move on. Uh, you know, recall, James, that, you know, you said that they should trade Brown to a sorry team. Well, rumor has it the Arizona Cardinals are going to trade for him. The Cardinals had a rookie quarterback last season, and, you know, the quarterbacks kind of had a tough time. Um so what what will happen to Antonio's career if he does go to the Cardinals? Well, I've been hearing that, you know, and um, let's talk about the um, rookie quarterback and how, you know, um, it's not good for him because 
you know, he'd be in the quarterback ear and the quarterback would try and give them the ball and make a lot of mistakes. You know, with these players like Antonio Brown, it's just ridiculous, you know, uh, the way they present themselves, you know, and, and do these things, you know. Um, play where you at, make your money, get in the Hall of Fame, and, and shut up. But, you know, you're going to end up going to a team that you're not going to be happy with and not going to get as many balls that you was getting there. Yeah, I don't know what went on in Pittsburgh, but it just seemed like, you know, he's been pulling this for a while, you know, with the locker room thing and all that other stuff. So, you know, um, I look at this when players do that, you know, I hope they go to one of those teams that's 0-30 and end up their career that, you know, they don't shine no more, you know, because you got to learn, you know, it's a privilege to play in the NFL, and they got this chance that other people want to get in there, and they act a fool, so. You know, yeah. if you go to the Cardinals, it's not going to work out because their team is on a decline. They got a coach that was fired from college to get an NFL job. I don't see how that is. So, you know, um, they're going to struggle for a few years, you know. So we'll see how that all works out with him and how his career just started going down. Yeah. So we know that Antonio, he loves attention. That That's what he thrives on. Um, but will we still hear about him when he's at the Cardinal, if if that's where he goes with Arizona? Yeah, you're going to hear about him. Everybody's going to be following him because, you know, he left Pittsburgh. Everybody's going to say every time he do have a bad game, they're going to be like, see, there you go. And if you have a good game, they'll be like, oh, that's what he needs to get out of Pittsburgh. So either way it goes, it's going to be negative and positive with him, you know. So, you know, it is what it is with these players, you know, when they move on like that, you know, and, just, I mean, he's just horrible. I, I mean, I can see what Le'Veon Bell doing. I can see his point, but um, Antonio Brown has been the problem, you know. So, so do you think he's more the problem than Ben Roethlisberger? Because you know they're pointing fingers at each other. <laughs> who, who do you think is well, the bigger just, problem with that team? Well, they got a problem with each other. The quarterback and uh, receiver have a problem, you know. And you look at it, you know, um, coach should have stepped in a long time ago. And, and, and saw that problem, like, hey, this is about the football team. It's not about you and, uh, and the other guy. You know, we want to win, win, you know, on the field, throw y'all problems out, off the field, you ain't got to hang out. That's what the coach should have stepped in, but he let it go too far. Now it's just, they just hate each other and being speaking now, he should shut up. And then Tony Brown speaking, he should shut up because um, it's a team game of football. Everybody don't understand that, you know, so... Um, just went too far, and they just let it go too far, and it's at where it is now. Yeah, yeah. That's unfortunate that it had to happen like that, because you're right. There's a lot of people that would love to have that opportunity, you know, to be playing in the NFL um, and, and, and be able to, to help the team win. So it's unfortunate. So anyway, well, let's take our first break. When we come back, I have one more thing to talk about the NFL, and then we're going to move on. So we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. 
Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. Again, this is Chris Marwitz. And James, I apologize. Um, I didn't introduce you uh, in the the first section, but former NFL player with the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving, as always, is is here talking with me. Um, so, James, you've may you may have heard that the NFL settled in the collusion case that Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed brought against them. You know, it was a confidential financial settlement that some say was in the millions. Uh, Kaepernick and Reed had to meet a high standard to pro- to prove collusion. Some people said that they didn't have any evidence. You know, given that the NFL is, you know, kind of very image conscious, they chose to settle. Some think that they may not have had evidence, you know, to prove collusion, but they had material and info on the league and the owners that forced their hands. Uh, what, what, what's your opinion on that? I mean, it's like any other cases. You see cases that go to court, they're always a settlement. You see people that are going in court for things they did, murder and all like that, is always a plea, you know. So anything in court, they just want it to go away, you know. So that's why I call it settlements. Not what they're asking for, but they'll give them something because, you know, like you say, it's an image thing. I'm tired of hearing about this Kaepernick thing. You always hear about what he's but you never hear anything from him, you know? He don't speak up or not, you know? If you want to um, do these things, you know, he got to say something, you know? So I'm glad it's over with. Uh, he still ain't going to get on no team, no team I won't mess with him because, you know, it's like a job. You sue a job, they ain't going to ask you back, come back and work with us. No, they're going to tell you, you probably do it again. So, you know, you're out of that job, you know? So uh, you take your chances. 
Uh, I think Reed is still playing. He well, he had before the settlement. He was picked up on the team, you know. Um, so I mean, Kavanaugh could have picked up on the team. I think I heard some team offer him, and he turned it down. So he could have been on the team, you know. So glad it's over with, you know. Um, let them go and do what they got to do with money, you know. Uh, you know, I really haven't heard nothing about him no more since this settlement. You know, before then, you weren't hearing nothing about. I think that GQ thing or something or whatever that was, um, you know, Nike had picked that, but it's over with them and, you know, go ahead and move on. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I was, I was amazed that the league did settle. Um, I, I thought they would hold out and, you know, because again, it would have been tough for them to try to prove anything. Um, but you know you're right uh, eric reed he he's been he's been playing he's been actually re-signed um another contract to play another i think 3 years is the contract so you know but that but that was something separate from the collusion case and i everyone kept wondering well how can he say that there's been collusion you know if if he's playing so but they they said that that was a totally separate deal um, from everything, so I don't know. Um, it, it it is interesting uh, that that this all did happen. I I, I think I told you I'd heard uh, that Kaepernick that that AAF league um, had approached him to try to get him to play, and he said he'd do it for twenty million dollars, you know, for a year. And again, you know, they're only paying a quarter million dollars for three years <laughs> for everybody initially. Um, so they, they, they couldn't get him in, in to play. But, um, yeah, I've, I've heard the same thing that, you know, he's picked a couple teams. I think it was, you know, he's picked uh, um, New England, that he'd, he'd play for them. And um, there was a couple other teams that he said he'd play for, he'd, he'd like to play for. But they're not going to, you know, he's, he, he should just take his money. You know, and and be a good you know good uh, stewardship with the money and do well with it and uh, move on because unfortunately he's never going to play in the the NFL again. Even though there's a big need for for a quarterback, even of his stature, I, I think there are you know, a lot of quarterbacks he would do better than. Um, but it's not going to happen. So, okay, let's move on to the NBA. Um, so I, I think you heard about Scottie Pippen recently was discussing LeBron James. He went on to compare LeBron with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Um, he said that uh, LeBron isn't what Michael or Kobe Bryant was as a player. He says that LeBron doesn't have the instinct to take uh, to take o- take over games. And want to have the last shot. So LeBron, he's, he continued to say that LeBron doesn't have that gene, the clutch gene. So do you think Pippen is correct in what he said about LeBron? I don't know. I mean, we had all these players talking, you know, now. I think Scotty said back in the day that LeBron was the GOAT, you know, and Michael wasn't. So, you know, um, he was in Charlotte, and that's what Michael Jordan on that team. He was hanging out with Michael. So he had to say something, you know. Um, everybody know Michael was the best player, and you know the clutch player, you know. And everybody trying to make like LeBron is this and that, you know. It's always gonna be some for people to talk like we talking about it now, you know. Sports people talking whatever they say, you know. But you know, everybody know Michael is uh, 
best player was a clutch player, you know. So, you know, it just talk and it was talk for the um, All Star game. They asked Scotty this question, and you know, he had to say something because he is Michael House, you know. So, you know, um, it is what it is, you know. Um, you know, I got to keep telling you, basketball and football is a different game now than back in the day. You know, Michael Jordan, when they played, they was knocking them down. You couldn't hand check and like that. Now, it's about offer. They want them to score. You can't touch them and you know, this and that is called and all that, you know. So, um, like football, same old thing. So, you know, different game and everybody trying to compare. You know, you can't compare. You know, you just can't do it. So that's my thing on that. Scotty was just talking because he was down in Charlotte and, you know, Michael owned and Michael was there and he was hanging out with Michael. So, I mean, he had to say that, you know. Well, he also played with Michael. So, you know, there's a big difference. You know, but but you're right. I mean, time times are were different then versus now. And, you know, the game was different and um, it was, it was, it was more fun to watch because there was a lot of a lot of defense and and you know oh, and 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 you know you you did know that if if the game was down you know if they if they they if the Chicago Bulls was only down by a point or two you know whose hand at the end of the game the ball was going to go to who was going to make that last shot you always knew it was going to be Michael um, but anymore you know with with LeBron you don't see that. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they can say they have that clutch gene or not, you know, because it's, it's, cause the scores are, are so high-scoring games. I mean, I, I, I remember, you know, we, when we were little, you know, you, you rarely ever heard of, of 100-point games, and now it's, it's the norm, you know, 100-plus. So I, don't, I, I think what you're saying is, is right, that he was just trying to, to make things better. Yeah, since they were there, but I don't know. I I, I think people are going to start scrutinizing LeBron a lot more. They're they're trying to find some kind of fault in him, and he is he's he's a good player. But ultimately, you know, Jordan is is the you know the 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 goat. So anyway, so speaking of, speaking of the All Star game, this past weekend was the NBA All Star All Star game, and I know that you didn't see it, but you asked me later if I watched it. You know, I only saw like the last few minutes of it. You know, I recall recall telling you the final score was LeBron 171, Yanis 158. <laughs> um, so I, I know what you told me after I told you that, but what, what was your reaction to the score? Well, it's always a high scoring game because they don't play no defense. Same thing with the Pro Bowl or football. There's no defense. Players don't want to get hurt, so just let them come down the lane and let them shoot three. I mean, just you know, it's almost worse than playing at the park. So it's always going to be a high score <laughs> game, you know. They just out there having fun and you know doing trick shots and trick passes. So I'm not surprised with it, you know. Plus the score one seventy eight, one sixty four. So it is what it is with the All Star game. It's, it's, it's a it's a break for the players, you know. Um, get a little break, you know, go have some fun, then the fans can go. See them spend a bunch of money and hang out, you know, in the city, and the city make money, and that's how it is. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it definitely was a high-scoring game. I know there's a lot of more. The 
you know, some players don't even go down the whole field. They just, you know, let them score and wait for the ball to come back. And, you know, there's a lot of three points being shot and sometimes even further than, way further than the three-point line. I was kind of amazed watching some of the things I saw. But, yeah, they're, they're, you rarely ever hear any any fouls being done because there's not really much, as you say, defense that's happening. But it is. It's it's a fun time for the for the fans, and that's kind of I guess how how it should be because it's it's you know that the fans are the ones that are that are, are nominating the players to play, and that's who they want to see. And and then they do like a schoolyard. So the two two highest get, go or um, vote getters, they're the ones who are the captains of each team. So that's how it came down to LeBron and Yanis and then they got to do like a schoolyard pick, you know, of all the rest of the all-star players, you know, who who they want on the, on their team. So it was, uh, it, it still gets to be kind of comparative. So it's not just the, you know, the Western and the Eastern, you know, the intermix. And I thought that's kind of, kind of interesting the way they did it. So. And good, but anyway, let's take a last break. When we come back, um, I have something else to talk about the NBA, and then we're going to talk about baseball. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human, with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests or people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath. Emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. Again, this is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here with former Philadelphia Eagle 
player James Loving. Uh, so, James, if you recall back in 2007, NBA ref Tim Donahue, he conspired to fix NBA games. And these were games that he refed. So according to stats, Donahue would call more fouls on the team he bet against and less fouls on the team he bet on. It was obvious, you know, based on the stats. So Donahue would make sure that the team he picked could cover the spread. Uh, he gave inside information to a gambling ring for a fee. Uh, Donahue claimed that there were other refs doing the same thing. The end, you know, so they, they found out, the FBI you know, had found out what had happened. Um, they were doing investigations. They were talking to people. They talked to Donahue. They ended up going to the NBA, and uh, they had a meeting with David Stern, and, and Silver was in there and so forth, and they laid out their case and told them what was going on. Um, I guess Stern was pretty upset about you know the information, and, and they did their own investigation and came back that no games had been fixed. Um, to this day, they claim that uh, you can't fix a game in the NBA. So since all this came out, the NBA has put in place ways to detect game-fixing schemes. So they've computer, they have a computerized system for monitoring refs, foul calls. Uh, they're watching the betting line, so looking for like, fluctuations and changes. Uh, they have staff with experience in law enforcement. Uh, they're also talking to tipsters within the sport gaming industry. So that's kind of what they're doing. Um, you know, and, and Tim Donahue even came out with a book <laughs> and, 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 and told about what he did. Um, but he, he, was never, he was never charged, you know, so, so refs were, were not allowed to bet on games. The only thing they could bet on was horse racing. So why horse racing, I don't understand. But they could not bet on any other sport games whatsoever. But this guy had a, had a problem. He had a, a, a gambling addiction. And, and he was 88% correct with his picks. You know, and, and a lot of it, of course, were games he, he, he refed and he <laughs> did, what, did what he had to do to, to make sure they won. Um, anyway, so based on this, do you think the NBA games were fixed? Uh, I mean, we can't say fixed now. I mean, I think some calls, some teams get good calls, you know, because of that team, like New England would get calls, you know, everybody, like, oh, the game fixed. You know, and that's just how it works out, you know. These refs will get them the break, you know, because it's New England or, you know, it's a star player, LeBron, get all the calls and fouls. Everybody, like, you know, why we don't get this call? So I think certain players and certain teams get turn calls at certain points, you know, and then you start looking at it as a fix. You know, with gambling, you ain't never going to stop it, you know. Um, if it's the ref, the players, shaving points or anything, I don't care who they bring in. It's not be a foolproof of stopping it, you know. Uh, so um, it is what it is, you know. It might stop a big ring of things, you know, but you can't stop it if a player is taking shaving points and shooting and saying, oh, just having a bad game, you know. You don't know he could be fixing that game, you know. Um, so like I said, you know, um, this is how the world works, you know, like drugs. You ain't going to stop it from coming in where it's coming, and you ain't going to stop them from selling it, you know. So... It's never going to be a foolproof thing, you know, with it. So you just go with it. If they catch it, they catch it. If they don't, 
You know, um, years later, somebody write a book and make money off it. Yeah. It was, it was an interesting story that I was reading about. and um, Apparently, he'd come home with with basically wads of, of, of cash in his pocket. He never told his wife anything that happened, but she would find big wads of cash um, in, 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 in his pocket when, he, she, when she was washing clothes, and she never asked him about it. Um, he, he said he was making, he, you know, at, at first he was able to kind of, you know, kind of put the money into the bank and, you know, not have his wife question it. But then, you know, the, 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 this gambling ring at first where, where they were paying him like $2,000 a game that he would fix. Um, and then uh, over the years, it, it jumped up to $5,000 a game. And, and with being 88% correct and you're, you're reffing, you know, he was doing like 77 games a year. That That's a... Big, big load of money. Plus, he was he was he was betting on these games on top of it all. So he was he was making a lot of money. And and for him to say that there was other refs involved, you know, I think there's there's maybe some truth to it, you know, based on on that. And and yes, when I read this, I was thinking, well, same thing could be happening even now in in the, the NFL, uh, in baseball. I don't know how easy it would be in baseball because. You know, it would have to be the players that would that would have to be involved in it. I don't know if the ump so much, but uh, I don't know. It it was it's it's just it's just crazy to to see what what goes on. But it kind of deludes the the whole thing of of you know how how pure is 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 the sport. You know, when you hear things like that, you know, and well, and. and, and like I said, you know, anything can happen. Players could be doing it now. We don't know about it. You know, they had that scandal back in the day where the Boston College was doing it. The only reason that came out, I think, because one of the guys didn't get his money and got mad and ended up telling. I can't remember that story, but that was a big-time scandal of basketball shaving points. So, you know, um, the baseball with the... Um, Eight man out with White Sox when they do the World right. Series. Remember that? Oh yeah. And, you know. So I mean, well, it's, it's, George it's, Brett with the pine tar. Right. So. So, so well, well, let me ask you this then. So moving forward, you know, with with things that they have in place and things that they're looking for and they're trying to detect, do you believe games can be fixed moving forward, or or have have yeah. they got a handle on things? No, they ain't never going to be a handle on it. Yeah, they can be fixed. You know, anything can be fixed. You know, it's not foolproof. Like somebody can get away with a murder, a perfect murder, you know. And a lot of murders ain't been solved. I mean, anything can be fixed. Anything can get looked over, you know. So, yeah, there ain't no foolproof. We're humans, you know. Um, Refs make bad calls. They're human. You know, yeah. so yeah, anything. I think it's going on now, you know, for my gamma, tell his boys to bet, you know. Like that thing with the McDonald's, that Monopoly thing, the guy that was working for him was telling his family member where to go get the pieces, and they was winning. Nobody, nobody came out. You know what I'm saying? And everybody right. playing right. that Monopoly thing, and he telling his family where to get the pieces, and they was winning, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, that's kind of, that is, that's crazy. That's crazy what that happens, but I don't know. I just, 
I, I would just, it just kind of bothers me with that happening in, in, in these professional sports and, and things still still happening. But, oh, well, maybe they'll, they'll I don't know. I, I, I guess we can't can't solve everything, but yeah, we'll we'll just see. But it was it was an interesting article. It was a very interesting read. So, well, let's talk a little bit about baseball. So, big news in baseball. So, the San Diego Padres they signed free agent Manny Machado to a record deal. So, it's a ten-year, three hundred million dollar contract. Machado, he's twenty-six years old. He's a four-time All-Star and two-time Gold Glover. Uh, plays third baseman, and I think his natural position, I believe, was second base. Um, anyway, the contract includes an opt-out after the fifth season and a limit, limited no-trade clause. So Machado has hit 30 home runs in each of the last four seasons. So knowing this, do you think he's worth this much money? You know, say that about all these players who are getting these big contracts, how they work with the amount of money. You know, uh, sooner or later they're going to decline. I mean, it looks good, you know, that what he's been doing, you know, they like it. I mean, teams want to play that, you know. They have to pick. That's what the is going for right now, you know. Some of these players are not worth it, but they're getting these big contracts, and then they might have one good year, and after that, they're downclined, but they get all this money that they owe them on the book. So, you know, we'll see, you know. I think he went to the Padres, and, you know, Padres, Needed that to sell tickets, you know. So um, he'll sell tickets to bring people in the stands, you know. But, you know, we got to see, you know. He could have an off year with baseball, you know. They want him to hit home runs. I mean, he'll hit home runs. They'll say he had a bad year, you know. He won't work the money, you know. So I don't, I don't think the Padres are going to win no World Series with him. So, you know, I think they look at it as bring people in the stands, sell tickets, and they'll make their money back from that. The owners looked at it, you know, so I think that's why they did it because it's all a business, you know, mm-hmm. and the owners feel they make more money with people in the stand buying sodas and pops and all that and walking out of there, a family of four spending eight, nine hundred dollars, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, that, that's a lot of money. A lot of people in San Diego are wondering, how, how are they even going to pay this? You know, because the, the, the owners don't, and the owners are even questioning how they're going to pay it because, you know, they, they don't even have that much money. So it's, it's interesting that they, <laughs> that they sign under this kind of contract and don't have no idea how they're going to do it. And, and we know that in baseball, that money's guaranteed. So he's, he's supposed to be paid this kind of money, but. I don't know. I, I I think you're right. I think that's about it. That it's going to be signing, you know, bringing in more fans and and more people to stands because, you know, once you pay that kind of salary, you 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 can't pay for much else. So, good luck, the Padres. I've I've yeah. I don't know if it's gonna if they're it's gonna work or not. But um, Machado, he's 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 good. He's he's really good. He's you know at, at the All Star game. You know for the the. Baseball, you know their their game that they have. I know that he's always in the home run derby, so we'll see moving forward. Anyway, uh, let's take a last break. When we come back um, a little bit more about baseball, and then um, want to talk about something about the NCAA. So we'll be right back. The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com 
have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. How do you fill your time between hunting seasons? This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, it's all about the off-season. Applying for tags, planning hunts, shooting practice, and much more. Joining us is Jana Waller from Skullbound TV, Larry McCoy, host of Respect the Game, and Tom Somerville, Super Duty Brand Manager at Ford Motor Company. Jim and Trav's off-season discussion is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. Uh, this is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here with former NFL player James Loving. Uh, so, James, uh, Major League Baseball has new rules to stop sign stealing. It focuses on television monitors, cameras, and other technologies at ballparks. They feel that these can be used to decipher opposing teams' signs. Uh, so, Major League Baseball will ban outfield cameras between the foul poles and not related to a television broadcast. They also will have tel- television monitors in clubhouses uh, that have like an eight-second delay. Uh, the penalty if they're caught stealing signs includes loss of, loss of draft, sorry, draft picks and or international spending money. I'm not quite sure on the international spending money, how that works. But um, anyway, I guess my, my thing is for you is what's your thoughts on this? I just think it's just something for them to go and, and when they had a conference to talk about because I really haven't heard nobody complain about fine stealing. I mean, all the football, you don't hear it on, you know, the sports channels or nothing. So I don't even know why it's a big thing because I haven't heard of a big issue. I don't have you. Not really. I mean, uh, my my thing is, is you know, I, I, I thought trying to steal signs was kind of, <laughs> you know, you watch what someone's doing, and then you watch what a player does, or what what, what sign the the coach gives, and what player does, and and or the pitchers, you know, what sign the the catcher's given, you know, and and you can you can pick up on certain things that they're doing, you know. So I thought that was kind of part of baseball. It was kind of surprising they did this, you know. But yeah, from go ahead. 
That's looking at that's looking at you over across the field. I'm just if you give them the same hand justice, you're like, hey, they're stealing. So what's wrong with that? I mean, it's it almost like in football, you know, quarterback look at the outside receiver, you go, hey, he's throwing an AB, you know, jump in front of it, you know. So I don't understand that, you know, fine, stealing. <laughs> Well, like I said, I, 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 yeah, I, I was kind of a little surprised. That's why I wanted to talk about it, and and it was, and and for them to have to make a new rule for it, I'm like, huh? That doesn't make much sense. So, it's it's, I don't know. It, again, I always thought it was part of baseball, and and for me, it's more teams being paranoid and you know from competing and and taking distractions from the game. So. They should just just play and and let things happen as as they may. So I guess we'll see. But yeah, that 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 that's the big thing going on this year. So all right, let's talk about the NCAA men's basketball. Uh, so Duke, you know, they jumped to the number one in, in the ranking after Tennessee's loss to Kentucky. With that, uh, University of North Carolina, they're number eight. They play at Duke, which is number one tonight. Uh, Duke has a player named Zion Williamson, who is a small forward, and he's a freshman. You know, he hasn't declared for the draft, but if he does, he will probably be the number one odds favorite. With this being a major rivalry between the two top ten schools, ticket prices have soared. Um, I read of somebody that paid over $10,000 for a seat through a ticket broker. You know, that's kind of getting in the Super Bowl range. Uh, the basketball arena that Duke plays in seats up to 9,314 people. That's one reason for the high prices. You know, so keep in mind, this is a regular season. So why the, why, why, you know, why the big interest at this point in this game? Mm, I guess because it's a rivalry and the player, you know. So it's one of those big games they say it is, you know. And like they say, you know, people pay crazy prices to go to these games, you know. So that's what sports. Is nowadays it's a money thing, you know. So I mean, you know, well, the big game, big rivalry for the first time, and great player. It's gonna be the number one pick whenever he comes out, you know, this year or next year. So that's all it is, you know. Everybody want to see it. Um, National televised and been hyped up, you know, all over TV. And, you know, this player been hyped up with. You know, a lot of people want to see him, LeBron and Jay-Z want to be his agent. So it's a big high game. So that's why a person paid that much for that ticket. It's no different than a Super Bowl ticket. They pay forty, fifty thousand, you know, for a seat. So. Yeah, but Super Bowl is a little different than this to me. But anyway, so, so after finding out that their arena only sits just a little over 9,000 seats, you know, I kind of checked into other basketball programs, arenas, and seating capacities, and you know, like Kentucky, they have 23,500. Nebraska's 15,147. Georgetown, 20,308. Marquette, 17,500. Louisville, 22,090. UNC, so North Carolina, 21,750. Um, Duke, their arena was built in 1940, and they're still playing in that same arena, that same small arena. So I guess... <laughs> My follow-up question to this is, with how much money the Duke basketball program has brought to the university, why wouldn't they build something bigger that could seat more and they could make more money in, in revenue? 
Well, they don't have to do nothing bigger, make money in revenue, because they're making more money for all the tournaments they go to and they win it. You know, they get paid when they go to these tournaments, they bowl games like football do, you know. Third ones they go to, they get more money they get, the better ones. So, I mean, they're always in the Final Four or something. That's where they're making their money. You know, they don't need to build enough stadium. That stadium is legend. And I keep it, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. So that's why, you know, do making money hand over foot, you know. They don't need to. And what they're going to build them off for students to get in there and they pay, what, ten or fifteen dollars you know, I, I can see well, that well, apparently the student, the, 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 so, so, so in addition to the 9,000 seats, uh, the students, they, they bring in these, these chairs that are on the, on the floor and the students are, are in, are in that. So, you know, students are kind of in their own little, you know, as, as most teams do, give a little, little section. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I thought it was just very odd that all these, these other teams, you know, big and and, little, and and there was even some smaller programs that had these big stadiums, big big arenas, um, <laughs> you know, and and they're 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 able to to afford it. So I don't know. I would just think that that Duke would would want to try to you know I I, I see what you're talking about regarding you know the, going to tournaments and I'm sure they get a lot of money when the games are televised especially on national TV and and so forth and but uh, they could even make it even more money you know give them their own own arena but I don't know is that nine thousand seat it 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 seems awfully small awfully small so anyway. Well, that's it for this week. Yeah, we've we've done good. I appreciate you uh giving me all your information this week, James, and following up and we'll see what happens next week. So we'll be back next Wednesday. Um hopefully everyone turns in and uh we'll do what we do. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. We'll be right back.